This program is brought to you by PersonalLifeMedia.com. Hi, and welcome to Green Talk, a podcast series from GreenLivingIdeas.com. Green Talk helps listeners in their efforts to lead more eco-friendly lifestyles through interviews with top vendors, authors, and experts from around the world. We discuss the critical issues facing the global environment today, as well as the technologies, products, and practices that you can employ to go greener in every area of your life. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening in, as always, today on Green Talk Radio from GreenLivingIdeas.com. This is Sean Daly, and the topic of today's program is organic and biodynamically farmed wines and viticulture. And my guest today to discuss that topic with me is Aaron Webb, who is the brand director at Bonterra. Aaron, welcome to the program. Thank you. So I've heard about Bonterra uh, through one of our editors on our site, uh, Julie Reed, who has written uh, on our site about uh, organic wines and uh, and things of that sort, and she also writes for IntoWine.com, and she's mentioned some good things about what you guys are doing there. I understand you guys are really pioneers in, in this field of organic viticulture and, and uh, biodynamic farming. So why, why don't we start with, tell me just the, you know, a little bit of the, the uh, ABCs of Bonterra, how it started, and uh, your, in your role there. Absolutely. Uh, I'm, I'm brand director at Bonterra, and, and responsible primarily for marketing and uh, brand strategy uh, activities on the brand, uh, but I'm certainly int- intimately connected with activities at the winery as well. Bonterra um, is actually produced at the Fetzer Winery and uh, in Mendocino County, and was founded by the Fetzer family over 20 years ago. And uh, they were uh, farming organically back before before there was any sort of certification for organic farming and starting back, I believe, in 1987, so, mm-hmm. um, and making Bonterra wines by Fetzer at that point. So both brands, Bonterra and Fetzer, are, are, have a lot of, uh, of these sorts of things in their, in their uh, manufacturing practices and winemaking practices. Now, that makes sense to me now because, you know, and I'm in wine country. We're actually located in Santa Rosa, California, in the heart of Sonoma County, which is one along with Napa County and, and Mendocino County, you know, certainly a very, that's our biggest industry here. And I hear a lot about uh, Jim Fetzer. And, and right. that he's a real pioneer in this in this area. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, one of the key uh, key differences between uh, you know for us now with uh, Bonterra and, and Fetzer, the, the key difference between the two brands is Bonterra is is the is the organic brand. It's it's made with organic grapes, and and Fetzer is certainly made uh, with a, a number of responsible activities uh, around that, and with many sustainable practices at the winery, et cetera, but I'll save that story for uh, for my counterpart, John Tisner, for another time. Okay, sounds fair enough. Well, let me ask this question. You know, pe- people are really starting to, and I know our, our audience is really starting to pay attention, more attention to organic wines. Can you tell me, first of all, and tell our audience what it means to be labeled organic? What exactly does that mean? And then, you know, what, what are you guys doing differently, both in the vineyard and, and the winemaking process? Absolutely. This is a very important subtlety. There are two designations out there. One is organic wine, and one is made with organic or organically grown grapes, and that'll be clearly designated on the front of the label. Um, the, the only subtle difference is made with organic grapes denotes that there's a certain level of sulfites in that product, uh, and, and the restriction is uh, for made with organic grapes, you still have to be fewer than 100 parts per million. Ordinary wine, ordinary table wine is held to fewer than 350 parts per million. 
so you're really not going to see a lot of organic wine products out there. There are a few brands, uh, but it's very difficult to get to any sort of scale because of shelf life and stability issues that are surround that. So that's really what it comes down to is that the issues of stability, which is augmented by sulfites. Exactly. Now, we certainly have fewer sulfites than ordinary wine, but um, what that does for us at, at our size is allow us to deliver a much higher quality product to the consumer. And um, the reality is the wine made with organic grapes sounds like you take the grapes, organic grapes, out of the vineyard and then do whatever you want to it. It's not exactly true. It still means it's made in organic winery. All the organic uh, processes are still there. Um, but it, there are a few, um, a, a little bit of detectable sulfites in the product. Okay, and and those are necessary just to give it any shelf life. So, what what would be the shelf life of, say, you know, an organic wine versus a normal wine? If and and I, I understand too that this might be depending. Gosh, on the it's really hard to say. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you can do it. I mean, it's it's very very doable. But um, um, and I can't provide a great answer. But for instance, uh, recently, um, um, another wine brand, not one of not one of ours, uh, was in the Wall Street Journal, and it was an organic wine brand, and they did denote below consume soon, it's organic and, and won't last very long. Mm-hmm. Uh, less than a year ago, our Fonterra Chardonnay was in the Wall Street Journal as one of the top choices. And they didn't put that because they, they are an educated group and they know the difference. Um, and for Fonterra, it's really, uh, for us, it, we, we feel like it's a choice we made long ago. And, and we've been doing this so long. Um, over the last, really over the last five years, we've re- started to de- deliver a much higher quality product. And uh, it just takes time. Uh, you can't just start an organic vineyard overnight and, and deliver high-quality products. So uh, our, our, our people, Bob Blue, the winemaker, they do a terrific job. Now, I'm wondering, too, if this is because, you know, different varietals have, and I'm no wine expert. I leave that to my, my friend Jason, who's uh, director of wine at a large restaurant chain. Uh, I, I ask him for all my, my tips and info. But, you know, just as a, as a, as a user and a rank amateur in, in living in the wine country, um, I understand different varietals definitely come to fruition or drinkability at, at different lengths of time. So does that then limit within those varietals the appeal of going organic or the ability to, to do them organic? in an effective manner? Uh, maybe. Uh, as you may or may not know, the larger the, the, the volume of wine you have, so if you have wine in a barrel or in a large tank, the more, uh, the more easy you can keep it for a longer period and keep it stable. But um, uh, our, our red wines, we age them anywhere from 12 to 18 months for the mainline products, and the whites, um, on the Chardonnay anyway, six months uh, to eight months. And um, um, we haven't had any issues on that front. I, I think it's more of a shelf life once you get it into the bottle. That, that's that's mainly the issue. But there are other good products out there that 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 are organic wines. I guess so. what's nebulous for me still is just that that length of time of what we're talking about. So again, just you know, in, okay. pick, pick so, any varietal. Like yeah. you put it in a bottle. What are we looking at? So if you look at Chardonnay, for instance, uh, and if you put that in in oak for I don't know three to six months. Um, then you bottle it and it sits around the winery for another 30 to 60 days, and uh, then you ship it to a distributor. In the United States, we there's a three-tier distribution system. Every supplier has to sell to a distributor, and that distributor then sells to a retailer. So uh, at the distributor, you'll have anywhere from 30 to 100 days of inventory. So tack that on. And then at a retailer, uh, you can sit there for 30 to 90 days as well. So 
at the end of that, you're looking at a year to two years, depending on how, depending on the state, depending on the frequency and the sell-through at, at those retailers. So it can become an issue, but usually on an organic product, you're going to be in a place like a, like a fine wine shop or a, a grocery store that sells a lot of wine, like a Whole Foods, um, where people are looking for that sort of product and it won't sit on the shelves as long. Right. It, it, do you, and I don't know if there's any advancements in this area, but I always, I always wonder about you know technology or discoveries, and you know, and certainly in this case, in terms of organic science, uh, is there anything that might potentially supplant sulfites that would be less dangerous to human health uh, in the future that would augment the ability to really deliver organic wines at a higher volume? Or? Well, you know, it's that's an interesting question. Um, um, but what's very funny about this is uh, fewer than 1% of the population are actually affected by negatively by sulfites. It's um, uh, a little bit of an old wives' tale, so to speak. Uh, but the reality is we've made a choice and a decision to do that so that we can deliver a better product. We believe that making the, the wine organically also is, was a decision we made, and and was the right decision to deliver a better product as well. And, and our accolades and awards have, have really stacked up to support that. Um, on the sulfide front, I, I, don't, I don't see that. I haven't heard any, any buzz in the trade about um, sort of an organic sulfide. I think that kind of goes against it's, – it's, it's a preservative. So. Right. It is what it but, is. Yeah, it is yeah. what it is. So. Well, I always wonder if technology can deliver you know, things like this. And I, you know, maybe a more important question to ask is just – and I, I'm sorry I, I'm putting you on the spot here, but, I mean, can you tell me, I mean, do we know – are, are sulfites really bad for us? Or is that proven? Is, is it – you know, is there too much – you mentioned being a wives' tale. Is it overblown, the whole sulfite issue in your estimation? Well, I, I think it is to a certain degree, yes. I think I think it is overblown to a certain extent. I mean, uh, we always encourage uh, responsible consumption, and I, I think really what it boils down to is if if you have perhaps one glass too many and, and a little bit of a headache the next day, people might point at the sulfites instead of at the extra glass of wine. <laughs> right, not, not the dehydration from the alcohol. Exactly. Yeah, right. Yes. Yeah, so that, well, that would be that's yeah that would be uh, uh, myopic at best to, to think that. So <laughs> um, that's funny. So, so are you seeing the worldwide demand for organic wines grow? Gosh, absolutely. We are, Bonterra is probably over three-fourths of the organic wine products sold. We, we represent that much of oh, really? the space, yes. And um, I would say, um, I mean, we're driving the growth for to a large extent, and uh, probably over 30% growth domestically in the U.S. Um, the U.K. is also a good market for us. Mm-hmm. And we're experiencing similar growth there. Um, and the U.K., as you uh, probably know, is their consumers are much more advanced than U.S. consumers in terms of natural products and organic products. So um, a lot more educated on, on the organic front in the U.K. and accepting of it. So it's been there for a while. And that's true. And, you know, I, I'm not sure. I mean, a lot of people listen to this podcast, they, if they've listened to this series for a while and, you know, are on active in, in environmental information resources, they probably know that. But some people might go, hey, wait a minute, that's not true. And it's true because, you know, and we, we've heard this with again and again with things like, um, you know, uh, even things like household appliances and, 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 and energy certifications, energy efficiency certifications. You know, in Europe, they've been doing this in some cases out of necessity, in some cases out of pr- being progressive. But for whatever reason, they this has been the lingua franca for them for a long time and for us it's relatively new in the mainstream absolutely and uh now now in the u.s market i think you're um i think you're seeing the consumers get inundated with organic products in general 
And uh, when you see Kellogg's having organic cereal and, and half the box says organic on it, it's uh, we're seeing a lot of products that are greenwashed out there, so to speak. And, Absolutely. And, and I, I, I believe going forward that, that uh, a product like Bonterra or any organic product, authenticity is going to have to be the key. Well, and we've and this has been a topic uh, that we've covered on this program before, which is just you know also what happens is the the labels at their root, for example, organic, get watered down through legislation, and then right. that's that has a negative effect, and that's not your fault. For example, if if you know Bonterra has obviously been calling themselves an organic winery, and you've been organic even when organic wasn't even on the radar screen, exactly. but then what happens is people then co-opt the term, and then and I've used this as an example. I hate to beat up on Anheuser Busch, but you know Budweiser gets called organic because they reached whatever minimum level of the hops that need to be organic and voila, you know, bada bing bada boom, they're, they're <laughs> organic and it's like hey, guess what, it's an organic beer and you know that's where then, that's where I see in my, what I, my opinion is that that's where the greenwashing element comes in where you know, it's, it becomes a marketing thing, and right. then we lose we lose a touch with why we were doing it in the first place, or what's important about it. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I think over time, it, you will stand out if you aren't at least uh, if you're any any corporation in, in the U.S. market that doesn't uh, practice sustainability responsibility. Uh, with however it is you do what you do, mm-hmm. uh, you, you'll stand out if you don't have some of that. So um, I, I agree with you completely. Um, and and but the governmental inter, uh, intervention, so to speak, is different and not consistent across industries um, uh, and across products. So, And we're experiencing that with how we're labeled currently to say made with organic grapes, which, which is fine and, and it works well for us. Aaron, I have a question about pricing. Uh, how do organic wines compare in price to regular wine? I mean, all things being equal, if it was a similar cost of manufacturing and such. Well, we are priced at probably eleven ninety nine in most markets for our Chardonnay and our Sauvignon Blanc. Our Sauvignon Blanc is new this year and a new product, uh, which I'd love to talk about that in a minute. But um, and our Reds are up at uh, from fourteen ninety nine or fifteen ninety nine uh, on a front line price, and you'll see specials on those one or two dollars off throughout so, the year. So price rate in the I'd say the mid range of the market. In terms yeah, absolutely. Of the, there, um, you'll see some above and below. Um, we also make some products for. Um, um, for Whole Foods called Full Circle, and, and those are the lower price products, and, and not um, not the quality level that Bonterra is by by far cry. So um, there aren't very many, there aren't too many products below ten dollars, I would say, um, and there are certainly some that are higher. You'll see some uh, some other brands up there in the high teens and in the twenties, and uh, within the next year, year and a half, we're going to launch our own. Um, a higher tiered product, uh, sort of a sing- single vineyard product, it'll probably be twenty five or thirty dollars a bottle. Right, which is still you know reasonable for a good bottle of wine. Uh, you know, it's a little little bit higher on the higher end, uh, but certainly absolutely still you know reachable by by the general masses. So, so the way we look at this is um, the organic proposition itself is certainly a, a, a premium, and consumers expect to pay a premium for organic products. So they they are also expecting those products to taste better, and and I think we deliver on that front as well. Um, so instead of sometimes uh, we look at that as as also a solidify a solidifying element of our proposition. Mendocino is a good appellation. Uh, a lot of people will look at Napa or Sonoma County as as great appellations, 
and and we we bring Mendocino Mendocino to the table, and but we also bring the organic proposition to the table, which adds to what we believe is a better wine experience. There's a certain irony I see at play here, in that we were talking about a minute ago about you know European progressiveness with regards to things green and sustainable, and environmental stewardship and such. But but with regards to wine, all the all the noise in organics is coming out of California. Are, are, what are the Europeans doing, if anything, in this area? Well, they, uh, they they certainly are in the game, and their regulations are a little different. So wine made with organic grapes in Europe, a European-based product, will will simply say organic wine over in the Euro- European market. So their, their regulations are a little different. Um, I do think if we start seeing any additional scale in the United States market in the retail environment, uh, it will come from either France or Australia, from from organic products from those areas. Certainly a lot of competitors um, of ours in California are, are going down this path and, and going to get into the space. So we'll see those too. Mm-hmm. But um, it, it's, it takes the right climate to, to make, uh, make an organic product, make an organic wine, wine product. And so, a good grape uh, while we're at exactly, that. <laughs> exactly. Uh, we can, you know, we've tried and experimented in the Central Coast and with some success, uh, but it is tougher in the Central Coast than it is than it is in uh, in Mendocino. The climate in Mendocino is very conducive to it, which is why you do see some other players in Mendocino County down the road. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking through a list of the varietals that you guys are covering, and I see Cab, Merlot, uh, Viognier, Chardonnay, Syrah, so forth. I, I noticed the conspicuous absence, my, my favorite, and many people that watch Sideways, although I liked it before, is Pinot Noir. Is, right. Are you guys doing a Pinot? We don't do a Pinot, and uh, believe me, we've been... <laughs> Mulling that one over, we um, most of our product comes from our own vineyards, and we do uh, we do contract with many farmers, many small farmers around the Mendocino and Lake County areas uh, to grow organically for us. But none of those are Pinot Noir right now, and Pinot Noir is a as you also saw in Sideways, notoriously uh, uh, is notoriously difficult to grow. So um, when you're when you farm organically, it is much more. It's a little more difficult to get the yields out of the vineyards. So it's it's a little more of a careful process, uh, more like it was a long time ago. So um, Pinot Noir is a bit more challenging, and and I don't see us launching a Pinot Noir in the near term. We would love to, but we but we just can't. Mm-hmm. Well, I imagine with with the seventy five percent of the market or so, and if you guys are having trouble, that that it must be quite difficult. So um, we'll we'll look to you as the, the the canary in the coal mine, or or you know at the vanguard of if that does happen. Uh, hopefully, you know at some point that'll be a doable product. Oh, I don't I don't doubt that someone would come with small volumes in that in that front, but um, we we have uh, a. A, a superb Syrah that's up around eighteen dollars. We charge a little more for that product uh, because it's 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 a notch above. And uh, our Merlot and Cabernet are award winning and 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 really deliver as well. Yeah. Great. And uh, let's see. I guess uh, one other one other question uh, I had for you was so we talked about organic farming, Aaron. What, what about what is biodynamic farming? Well, biodynamic is uh, is a very interesting process. It's Basically, if you take steps uh, starting at conventional farming, uh, then you move up to sustainable farming practices and winemaking practices. The next step is is organic farming, uh, which is without the use of you know synthetic fertilizers, things of that nature. Uh, everybody understands organic, biodynamic, um, and I'll, I'll try to explain this pro- as simply as I can. Um, is more of a self-contained environment where. Uh, there will be chicken coops on the vineyard. Um, uh, 
sheep, what have you, um, that, that sort of self-fertilize the, the vineyard, and it's a little more self-contained. And, and there are different things you do with plantings and fertilization in phase with the moon. So there's a little bit of an esoteric, um, almost mystical piece that goes into biodynamic. Uh, but oddly enough, it's also a certified thing. So there is a, the Demeter organization certifies biodynamic vineyards, and, uh, and we do make... Um, a biodynamic product. It's called the McNab, and it's a uh, a blend, mostly Merlot, uh, about 50% Merlot, and a little bit of Petit Syrah and some other things. Uh, a highly award, uh, highly ranked award-winning wine. We we just received a Best Buy 92 with wine enthusiast. Um, we have about 220 acres right now that are biodynamic, farm biodynamically. So a lot of that product is going into our other blends, our Cabernet, our Merlot, et cetera, but they're not 100% biodynamic. Okay. It, it's it's sort of the leading edge, um, right way to do it, so to speak, for the um, hardcore green winemaker, so to speak. Right, but when, and and I understand it sounds like what you were describing is you're essentially you're uh, maintaining or even in some cases creating or augmenting a, a micro or ecosystem around the vineyard and, exactly. and creating a harmony with all the elements that are there, which is getting back to, again, what, what, what nature does on its own, but you're trying to sort of preserve that and not just sort of strip mine the land and design it for one purpose and without regard to what's going on around it. That, that's really what it's all about. And, and as new, um, as you mentioned earlier, new regulations, new um, allowances, if you will, will come into play on organic farming over time, making it easier for people to participate in that space. Um, and I don't think it will happen to any great degree, but you'll see um, organic, what that really means, potentially slip a little bit. But uh, I, it's certainly not happening now, but um, who knows what will happen in the future. But I think it'll be, it's a good idea to keep your eye on, on what the next level of, of operation might be in this space. But it, we really deliver a great product on, on either front, organic or biodynamic, and, and there are competitors of ours that do the same. But, um, uh, again, in a year and a half, we're also starting that um, upper-tier range product, uh, and that will be a biodynamic product at, with larger volumes. Mm-hmm. And I had a uh, guest on the program, Organic Vintners, uh, a distributor, an online distributor uh, for, for uh, organic wines, and there was mention during that show of you know, just the, the, obviously there's limitations with regards to biodynamic uh, viticulture uh, in terms of yield. And so is that, is that from your, in your view of the world, is that also true for you guys? You know, it is. It, I think it's um, from the conversations I've had. I've, I've never, I've never actually done it, but um, the conversations I've had with with our um, uh, vineyard manager Dave Cobal and with our winemaker Bob Blue, they I think most of the restrictions are really there from the organic piece. Uh, the biodynamic adds a, 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 an additional labor component, and some of these. Um, additional e- ecosystem things, uh, cover crops and all those other elements, um, um, sort of bugs and chickens to eat the, to eat the bad bugs uh, and to keep the bad things out of the vineyard, those are already there for organic. So I think literally the biggest cost and expense and yield-reducing factors come in when you farm organically. Uh, the, the biodynamic piece is just an additional careful step you have to take that just requires a little more effort. Okay, interesting. That did not come up in the last time, so that, that's interesting to note that. I, I thought it was the biodi- biodynamic element that really put the, put the governor on, as it were. It's, I mean, it's still hard in any, and the climate has to be right. Uh, we've 
we have we've had farmers uh, and partners that have tried to do it and it hasn't worked out. So um, it's it's not a slam dunk. And and for farmers and and our partners, this is their livelihood. So if they're taking a chance to farm organically or biodynamically for us, um, they're sacrificing potential profit if they end up with two ton or three ton per acre instead of four or five ton per acre. So uh, to your question earlier, of course, that means there has to be a premium for organic grapes. Yeah, absolutely. Now, the the one thing I didn't get into, which um, is the fining process of wines, um, are they vegan? Uh, that's interesting. I, I never. So, what is it? The, the fining process. Well, uh, the fining process is where you filter out unwanted uh, discolorations and some sediments and things, uh, some cloudiness to the wines, and, and make it a little more clear, if you will, or, okay. or pure. And almost every winery does this with their red wines. And the fining process involves passing egg whites through the wine, and, and we use, of course, organic egg whites and pass them through our red wines, which means they don't stay in the wine. They're completely removed 100%, but you've used an animal product in that wine. So people will think it's, it's, it's virtually organic. It's vegan, right? Well, the red wines are not, and, and unfortunately have had egg whites uh, used in those in the manufacturing process of those, but that happens with all red wines. So something something very important for for vegans and vegetarians and such. Potentially, to know. potentially, yeah. I, and I I don't want, you know, we're we're very open about this. If somebody emails us our website or whatever, I mean, that's an automated response we send out probably two or three times a day. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that the finding process for for red wines is uh, involves the use of egg whites and, and not but not for our white wines. I mean, it's better than what they used to use. They used to use bull's blood. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. White yeah. wines are. The white wines are, are definitely vegan-friendly. So. Oh, okay. Well, I just want to remind everybody listening in today that we have an article on wine and other articles uh, on wine tips and podcasts on greenlivingideas.com uh, slash wine slash wine.html. And you can find out more about Bonterra and their wine at bonterra.com or www.bonterra.com that's b-o-n-t-e-r-r-a aaron webb from bonterra the brand director has been my guest today aaron thank you so much for being on the program with us today thank you sean thanks as always to everyone listening in today remember for more free on-demand podcasts articles videos and other information related to living a greener lifestyle visit our website at www.greenlivingideas.com We'd also love to hear your comments, feedback, and questions. Send us an email at editors at greenlivingideas.com. Find more great shows like this on personallifemedia.com.